We meet today in Philippians chapter 2, looking at verse 9 to verse 11. This subject is entitled, The Mind of God, basically looking at the exaltation of Christ. Who exalted Christ? God exalted His Son, Jesus Christ, for the humiliation, or because of the humiliation He had done, uh, as we saw from verse 5 to verse 8 in our last study. In that last study, we looked at the seven steps which Jesus Christ took in his humiliation, and they were downward steps. We have seen the seven steps downward. Now we will see the seven steps upward. In humiliation, we saw the mind of Christ. In exaltation, we will see the mind of God. It is the mind of God the Father to exalt his son, Jesus Christ. And like I said earlier on, we are called upon if we want to know what you can do that will put you in the will of God. You may say, I don't know where you are or where you go or who you are, but there is one thing you can be sure of. How do you place yourself in the center of the will of God? Well, God's mind is at exalting his son, Jesus Christ. When you exalt Jesus Christ, I believe that is the will of God for each one of us. We are to exalt him wherever we are and whatever we do. We are to be one with the Father in this ultimate purpose of the exaltation of Jesus Christ. Remember, the Bible tells us that when Jesus Christ is lifted, he will draw many to himself. Why do you go to church? Why do you do Christian service? Why do you give charity? Is it because you are exalting Christ? Your mind, your attitude must be that of putting yourself in the center of the will of God. The mind of God the Father is to glorify His Son, Jesus Christ. The mind of God is the exaltation of Christ. Therefore, God also has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name. Philippians 2, verse 9. It is very interesting to see and to notice that Verse 9 begins with the word therefore. Therefore is a very important word in biblical literature. It is building upon that which has been said. It is now on the basis of Christ's humiliation that God has given him and exalted him to a highest place, you see. He has exalted him highly and has given him a name which is above every name. So here is the first step that God took in exalting his son because Christ willingly set aside his glory to obey the Father's will. God raised him to the heights of heaven. Now the supreme purpose of God the Father in this universe today is that Jesus Christ be exalted, be glorified in the universe which he created and he 
be glorified on the earth where man dwells, where man rebelled against God. Christ's exaltation is not only God's attestation of satisfaction in Christ's work, but it is also God's recognition of Christ's equality with God. You see, God had to testify and say, yes, my son has fulfilled the work which I sent him to do. But he is not just a human being. He is God. He is equal with me. Christ emptied himself. God exalted him. On earth, Christ was God, but appeared as man. Back in heaven, he retained his humanity. It went back to him, but he manifested himself and his prerogatives of deity. God graciously granted to him the name. On earth, Christ was crowned with thorns as he died on the cross there on the day of his crucifixion. But back in heaven, he is crowned with glory and honor. That is the testimony of Revelation 5 verse 12 to verse 14. He is crowned with glory and honor. Now, you know the thing that makes this earth a significant and important place to be is not many of the things that we do here. This earth becomes an important place, an important planet among the many planets because the death of Christ happened here. Nowhere else. Christ did not go to Mars to die there. Christ did not go to any of the planets that astronomers are trying to find and, and say they can be life. No, he came to the earth and the earth is important in the whole universe. Astronomers tell us that we are a, a little speck in space. And if our little world were to be blotted out, it wouldn't make any difference to the universe. And that is absolutely true. Someone else has said that man is a disease on the epidemics of a minor planet. That is what we are, my friend. The thing that has lent dignity, though, to man and has caused him to look up into the heavens and sing the doxology is that Jesus Christ came to this earth and he died on the cross for him. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. So the earth is important because Christ came. God loved the earth because of people. The second step in his exaltation, as God's mind is revealed, is seen in the statement that says, And given him the name which is above every name. You see, my friend, in the Bible, names often reveal a person's character. In the Bible, names are important, my friend. Jesus' dignity and honor are above all others. Because Jesus did not cling to his equality with God, but willingly obeyed God in order to carry out the plan of salvation, God honored that obedience by giving Jesus his name, and this name that he was given is above all other names. 
the name that is above all other names. Now, the next time you attempted to take his name in vain, think about it. His name is a name that is above all other names. God intends to exalt that name that you use maybe sometimes as a curse word and drag it in the mud. Don't swear in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't even try to use that name simply to fill in your mind. Even when you are perplexed, that name must only be used reverently and when you are praying to him in the will of God. Actually, Dr. McGee told of a pilot who stepped off a plane on which a bomb had exploded and it was almost a miracle that he was able to land that plane. That pilot stood over at the side of the crowd and said, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. It is most likely that this man was saying the Lord's name as profanity. We cannot afford to profane the name of the Lord. May the Lord be merciful to those who use his name in vain. Even when you just use it out of place, you actually feel disrespectful. The name of Christ will be exalted above all the other names, above the names of great men of this world and above the names of all the angels in glory. That is God's mind. He seeks. He has done it and he continues to exalt Jesus Christ. And he has given him a name that is above all other names. To what extent is that name a higher name? Well, verse 10 tells us of Philippians chapter 2 that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. That's a name indeed. In this verse, we find the next three steps of Christ's exaltation. The third step is there, that at the name of Jesus. Now, Jesus means Savior. Before Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, the angel said, You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Matthew 1 verse 21. So he is the Savior. Now notice the prophecy, the reference to the prophecy. Matthew 1 verse 22 to verse 23. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with a child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, can you show me any place in the Bible where he was called Emmanuel? You may not find that place. And actually, for a long time, I struggled with understanding the name Emmanuel. I had no problem with, behold, a virgin shall conceive. You see, I could go back to Isaiah and see it. Now, since he is God, how else could he get into the human family except by a miraculous birth? But the thing that did cause a lot of problems with me 
is this verse. He shall be called Emmanuel because I couldn't find any place where they called him Emmanuel. Well then, you may say that prophecy was not fulfilled. No, my friend. This is one of the most wonderful fulfillments of prophecy you can imagine. The angel said, Call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now think this through. You couldn't call me Jesus. I can't even save myself. Neither could it be accurate to call you Jesus, because you can't save yourself. You see, all of us are in the same ship today. We are sinners. The human family is on a sinking ship and it's going down. If there is to be a savior, he's got to come from the outside. You see, now, so when they say Emmanuel, they were talking of the level that simply speaks of people. But when we speak at the level of people, all of us would be disqualified. He had to be Jesus. He had to be Jesus from outside. Now there are those who want to throw out a lifeline. But to do that is like being on a ship that is sinking. And somebody on the top deck says to those down in the steerage, let me throw you a lifeline. But the top deck is going down to my friend. It's like trying to arrange uh, furniture in the sinking Titanic. Whatever you may do actually amounts to nothing because ultimately everything will be underwater. So even in the, in the one who is trying to throw a lifeline, the rope has to come from the place other than the ship itself. No human being can be a savior. You shall call his name Jesus because he is going to save his people from their sins. How can he save his people from their sins? Because he will be Emmanuel, God with us. That explains it. He will be Emmanuel. In him, God will be with us. You see, that little baby who came to Bethlehem is God with us. He took upon himself not the likeness of angels, but he took upon himself our humanity. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And because he is that, he can be called Jesus. And friend, nobody else can properly be called Jesus except our Emmanuel, God with us. Now God said, I'm going to exalt the name which was given to him when he came to the earth. And that name, I will put it above every other name. So notice the fourth step of his exaltation of things in heaven and the fifth step is and things in the earth and the sixth step and things under the earth you see every created rational and moral being will bow down in submission to christ's lordship heavenly ones earthly ones and subterranean ones refer here to personal beings not to impersonal things existing in heaven existing upon the earth and existing under the earth. 
This verse is used by restitutionalists to support their theory that ultimately everybody will be saved. Now, spokesmen for this cult often make statements that Jesus Iscariot and the devil would be walking down the streets of heaven together because ultimately all will be saved. Of course, it is unfortunate to use this verse because when you compare it with other scriptures, especially Colossians 1 verse 2, you see its true meaning. The subject in the Philippian passage is the Lordship of Jesus Christ. God has highly exalted him and at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow in heaven, in earth and under the earth. That is, even hell will have to bow to him because he is the Lord. He is God. But merely bowing down does not imply salvation. So Colossians 1 verse 20 is not talking about lordship, but about Christ's reconciling work, his redemptive work. And what was it that was reconciled? What was redeemed? Was hell included? Of course not. The things under the earth are not mentioned here. Why? Because this verse is talking about redemption and there is no redemption in hell. By putting these verses together, it is clear that those in hell who bow to Jesus are merely acknowledging his lordship. That at the name of Jesus Christ, Every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. Here now is the seventh and final step of Christ's exaltation, his final upward step. Philippians 2 verse 11, And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of of God the Father. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every tongue shall confess openly that he is Lord. The word Lord is equivalent to the Old Testament word Yahweh, Jehovah. God made him both Lord and Christ. Acts 2 verse 36. Now, men may flaunt Christ's lordship here on the earth, but they will be compelled to acknowledge it after this life. This will not result in their salvation, by the way, but they will acknowledge his lordship. Subjugation is not reconciliation. When reconciliation is under consideration, only two spheres are mentioned. On earth, and in the heaven, according to Colossians 1 verse 20. But the things under the earth are omitted. So this passage does not teach that ultimately all the lost will be saved, as taught by many cults. No future reconciliation is there for the lost. It is not promised anywhere in the word of God. It doesn't mean that every tongue will confess him as Lord. It is interesting that even in hell they must recognize the lordship of Jesus Christ, which will, I think, increase their anguish. Now, I want to give a word of caution here. 
be very careful about calling Jesus your Lord if he is not your Lord. He made the statement that many will call him Lord, Lord, and even perform miracles in his name. Yet he will say to them, I never knew you. Matthew 7 verse 21 to verse 23 has that record. My friend, you had better know for sure that he is your Savior. Know him as your Savior before you say he is your Lord. If he is your Savior, then you can become obedient to him as your Lord. Also remember that God is glorified when men openly acknowledge Christ as Lord. I actually sometimes get weary when I hear people sing, What a friend we have in Jesus. It is a wonderful hymn, by the way. All our sins and griefs to bear. We have a friend in him. All right. But listen to these words. You are my friend if you do whatever I command you. John 15 verse 14. Jesus said, you are my friend if you do whatever I command you. Now, when you sing that hymn, do you just sing knowing what you mean? We can call him our friend if we do what he commands us to do. He is not our Lord unless we obey him. So be careful how you sing the hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. Sing it only if he is your Lord. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by 7264144475 from within south africa it's 0726414475